0: Honest 15 respect all fear none into the upper deck
1: intensity is not a person oh mercy 5 4 3 2 1 Happy New Year, Nats fans, and hope you everyone had a very nice holiday season, and we thank you so much for making us a part of your start to 2020. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano for the Mass and All Access podcast. We are live on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, you're also catching us after the fact on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, or Spotify, uh, where you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. Nationals, again, reminder for the new year, we are two separate streams uh, for the Mass and All Access podcast, which, of course, is brought to you by Marymount University. City. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Paul, new year, new decade. What was the highlight of your uh, holiday celebrations this past week or so? You know,
0: I gotta say, it was my mom's pumpkin pie. Ooh, yeah. homemade pumpkin pie. Homemade pumpkin pie. Uh, Man, that Canas thing. Love baking. She, she doesn't. I feel like pumpkin pie is often a little, little dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she, her pumpkin pie is a little bit more like a, a pudding, like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she I, also made this, which I, I'm a big fan of. Oh yeah, she also made this. Uh, marshmallow sauce basically like a like a with marshmallow fluff it was like a topping almost like you would put on ice cream
1: also isn't it also commonly found on uh sweet potato pie
0: yes okay. although i we don't have sweet potato gotcha. pie in the mancano gotcha. household that's uh and so i put it on top of the pumpkin pie uh and it was very delicious uh so that was probably the highlight low light i would say i know you didn't ask but i'm going to tell you uh, <laughs> that's fair we do seven fishes. We're Italian for Christmas. Seven fishes. Seven fishes. You have seven different types of fishes uh, at your Christmas Eve dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we have gotten a little bit off the rails with these seven fishes, <laughs> and uh, we're now starting to get some crustaceans. We're starting to get some shellfish. So it's just becoming seven seafoods. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've got mussels there. I don't think those where's are fish. The tr- where's the tradition? Where's the line? There's no synergy. No, exactly. Uh, we're really losing uh, losing ourselves yeah. in all the, in these holiday seasons. Yeah, what was yeah. the highlight of yours?
1: Highlight for me um obviously spending time with friends and family um throughout as the, there's a large crash in the background large crash in the background yeah throughout the holiday season mm-hmm. um and i, got, I checked off a lot of those boxes seeing friends and family still some boxes to check to come throughout yep. this weekend good um and then i on christmas eve uh, we also christmas eve is a big thing in our household too my uncle and i we uh did some really nice uh Beef tenderloins. Ooh. And you, we did a reverse sear this year. Try out that way, which means you sear it first before putting it in the oven. Oh, um, okay. And it, it turned out delish. delish. Reverse sear. Yeah. So sometimes usually you sear it after you put it in the oven, you let it cook, cook to close to the temperature you want it, and then you sear it in the pan to get that crust. We did the opposite way this year. Gotcha. Turned out really well. Basically, it becomes like filet mignon, and it was filet mignon. De delish. Wow. Um, Yummy. Lola, uh, ju- I mean, I love... All the celebrations, but boy, does after not eating very healthy, you know, drinking a lot of yeah. beverages. Boy, you know, I, I understand now as an adult why so many adults choose to use the hol- the new year as a... I need to start eating healthy because mm-hmm. you don't eat the most healthy during the month of, from Thanksgiving through the end of the year. No. So feeling sluggish to start the year, but that's okay. Um, Kind of forced all that coming, so... Just waiting, waiting to get my energy back and um, and get back and get back to it. And the the New Year's hangover is a real thing. Yeah, it absolutely. is a real
0: thing. I mean, it's you know it's something that you don't really experience in your younger days, but
1: uh, boy does that hit you the older you get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, it's obviously a new year for the Nationals as well. With the turn of the calendar, uh, we are now that much closer to. Pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, which is crazy. You win the World Series. It feels like the season just ended. Um, Six but, weeks away. Less than. Yeah, it's, I feel, it's like yeah. under 40 days, I yeah. feel like. Um, so we're that close to being at the West Palm Beach um, 15 ball, ball ballpark at the Palm Beaches for the Nationals. There's still some things off their off-season checklist that they need to cross off. Definitely. Um, the most glaring one being, obviously, third base. Um, and that's going to be the topic of conversation until something happens. Um, we've, we always reference, you know, we need dominoes to fall in this off season to start talking about things. The biggest ones fell around the winter meetings. And since then, which understandably the holiday season, you know, people take time off and, and, and kind of relax and see friends and family. But now that the new year has come and gone, we are ready for it to heat back up again. We're waiting for that stove to heat back up again. The big name, obviously out there, Josh Donaldson. And this is kind of going to be, we're waiting to see where he signs. And it's kind of like almost a game of cat and mouse. Um, Teams are trying to leverage him to make a decision by offering, maybe that's four years, a couple million dollars. He's using these offers to then leverage with other teams to get even more money. Understandably. So that's the way it works, but it's now just becoming this dragged out process. Hopefully there's an end in sight and hopefully the nationals, do you foresee the nationals becoming on top of this? Is this the best option for them?
0: I think by far, this is the best option. I think there's a large drop off. we talked about in terms of the free agent market between Josh Donaldson and the rest of the field at third base. And I think the, the way that they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with almost everybody is off the board now at this point, Um, not just at third base, but in terms of free agents, the Nats kind of can't be outbid here. Yeah, I mean, they, they, after, you know, they were outbid, essentially, for Anthony Rendon, and though they did drop $245 million on Steven Strasburg, um, and, and you know, they spent a little bit of money to bring Howie Kendrick back, that's about all that they've done. And the way that they've kind of have put themselves into a corner here, it, no it, they, they really have not, um, you know, they don't have many other options yeah. besides Josh Donaldson. And if they don't get him, it becomes a question of, well, how can we salvage this, you yeah. know? Um, so I think that he kind of knows that. <laughs> I would guess that he kind of has an idea that, you know, they, they have been the team that has been linked to him the most because they make the most sense, but also they're the most desperate for him. Yeah. They need him the most out of any other team on the market. Um, Carter Keboom is going to be a piece in this infield, I think, going forward, but that's probably going to be at second base. They don't have any internal candidates at third base, really, at this point. So it's pretty
1: much Josh Donaldson or bust at this point. I think the the only name after uh, Carter Keeboom is Jake Knoll in the infield, and that's just, we saw him briefly this season, I think, September yeah. call-ups, and it's just, I, I mean, it's nothing against him. He's just not ready. No, yeah. And there's not even a, a top prospect worth considering bringing up for this year to fill that hole. How much of this also is, because, you know, going into the season, obviously, you have the defending division champion Braves and then also Josh Donaldson's former team and then also now the World Series defending champion Nationals this people are saying that this decision between Josh Donaldson is going to be almost I mean obviously there's still games to be played but kind of tilt the division and see how it kind of shakes out if he returns to the Braves they're probably back on to being the favorite to win the NL East but if he comes to the Nationals not only are they probably favorites to to contend for the, the division title, but maybe even a back-to-back World Series titles because yeah. they fill in a major hole in Anthony Rendon with another all-star level, former MVP caliber player in Josh Donaldson. Um, how much of this is the Nats needing to get Donaldson to keep him away from the Braves and vice versa. You know, the Braves, the last thing they they probably want to see is to see him leave for their division rival and a team that's coming off a world series when they thought that they were, this was going to be their year. I'm talking about 2019 for the Braves. And then they see a division rival end up winning the championship. How much does that come come, play a factor into this uh, for these two teams and how they leverage their, their offers for him?
0: I mean, if you think about it, it's like a, a, what a, an eight war swing, if you will, because of it's like four war, for Josh Donaldson, and if he leaves your team, you'll lose four Yeah. Now, that being said, uh, you know, Donaldson is not going to be, though he has uh, a tremendous track record, over the length of whatever contract he's going to sign, he's not going to be Anthony Rendon. It's, there's going to be a drop-off. Um, but it is imperative that, you know, they, they go out and get him at this point. Um, I remember when we were in spring training, and Bo Porter kept saying uh, when looking at uh, – Anibal Sanchez, who he had had some experience with when he was a coach. Uh, and he said it was a, um, you know, it was addition by subtraction, partly because you are subtracting from another team in your division by taking a guy who had had a very good year with the Braves in 2018 and taking bringing him onto your team. So it's it's an addition and it's a subtraction right. from the other team. And yeah, it, yeah. it's a similar situation with Josh Donaldson. I, I don't know if, you know, he alone is going to swing But these two teams at this point, you look at their rosters, are pretty evenly matched. Um, They, you know, despite the fact that the Nats finished several games behind them in the division last year, you could make an argument that, you know, with uh, guys coming back from injury, with the way that they played, obviously, in the World Series in the second half of the season, they're right there with the Braves going into next season. They're right there in terms of the talent level. So this could be a major swing in terms of the division where Josh Donaldson ends up. But there's another option, which he signs outside the division. I I think there are other – or potentially signs with the Phillies. I know they're potentially looking at third-base options. So he is going to play these cards. I think he's going to hold on to these cards as long as he can to try to see which
1: team really kind of goes crazy and outbids the rest. Yeah, and you mentioned how close these two teams are. take away the Nats' terrible start in 2019. I mean, we've talked about this at length, but from May 24th on – they played just as well, if not better, than the Braves. And it's because of their start. That's why they still followed. They still fell so far behind. That's why they finished behind them in the, yeah. in the standings. So we know that this team can compete with the Braves. It's just, you know, take away the bad start. They, they're right there. They're neck and neck. And you're right. I think Josh Donaldson, addition by subtraction, if, if he were to leave Atlanta and come to D.C., that's a huge swing. And, and then you also look at bet Because then you're looking at two teams looking for third base help. And if he, he can only pick one, he goes to one of them. Just talk about the drop-off um, from where, he, you know, we talked about Rendon and Josh Donaldson are by far the top two third basemen. You know, if whoever loses out on Josh Donaldson is then looking at the Astro Cabrera's, the Todd Frazier's, the Pablo Sandoval's, and, and their wars, there are almost three whole wins above replacement percentage or points down from Josh Donaldson. So that's a huge drop off. Whoever finishes second in this race, um, then you're filling the spot. I, I don't know much about the brave system. I don't know who they have waiting in the wings for third base, but you would figure since they're so high on trying to bring Josh Donaldson back that they don't have anyone ready to come up, just like the Nationals don't feel quite comfortable plugging in Carter Kibum at third base at this moment. So, yeah, th- this race is going to determine. And then you also look at outside factors. You mentioned the Phillies. There are reports coming out today that the Twins are high, high on him. The Dodgers might be a sneaky team still looking at him because they were in on Rendon and obviously missed out on him. Um, so And Josh Donaldson is just sitting back and waiting for the yeah. someone to blow him away. And, be, and with this bidding war, you know, he's going to be the next top free agent to sign. He's going to let these other, you know, third basemen fall into place and have to find homes because everyone's in on him and he has to make his decision. And he's going to wait it out until he gets that top, that offer that really says, okay, this team wants me in and this is where I want to go.
0: And to put things in perspective, you mentioned the Azdrubal Cabrera, Todd Frazier, Pablo Sandoval. Think about how the Nationals got Azdrubal Cabrera in midseason. Pretty much for nothing. Yeah. And though he played a big role on their team down the stretch and he started most playoff games um, at second base, not at third base, he his 1.9 war is tied for the top of the remaining free agents at third base. So this is a guy that any team really could have had at midseason. The Nationals got him for next to nothing for half the year. So he clearly was not valued. So that, that kind of just shows... Uh, how few options there really are for the Nationals outside of that. Now, one name that was mentioned on MassInSports.com via a commenter, always Mm -hmm. looking out for the comments on MassInSports.com, is Kyle Seeger. He would be an interesting option. Of course, he's under contract for the Mariners, but if the Nationals um, have the ability to trade for him, we'll talk about the other trade options that are at the top of the market, but somebody who fits more into their range, I think, in terms of what they would have to give up, Kyle Seeger is an interesting name out there.
1: Yeah, because he's around the same age as these other guys that we're talking about. Obviously, produces pretty well. He actually has a higher war than some of those names I just mentioned outside of Donaldson in the 2.4, according to Baseball Reference from this past season. Um, and he won't cost as—we're I mean, going to talk about Chris Bryant, too, because that's the hot name uh, being floated around. But that's he won't cost as much as a Chris Bryant will. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that's kind of attractive with, with Kyle Seeger he signed through 2021, so two more seasons, with a 22 option. So you could possibly have him for three more seasons of control. That might jack up his price a little bit, but still, the on-play production you're getting from him isn't as high as Josh Donaldson or Chris Bryant, so he won't cost as much in a trade. And, and obviously, the big name's being floated around. Any team that's going to acquire with a trade for the Nationals are going to ask about a Victor Robles, a Carter Keboom. Um, you know, I don't think... I think you can probably get a Kyle Seeger without trading away a starting major leaguer, i.e. Robles. Um, but it's still gonna cost you something. Obviously, he's an established major leaguer at a high level, high value position in third base, who who can produce. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the price won't be as much. That's a you know, we're talking about plan B's here for if you miss out on Donald, that may be like plan D, you know, C or D. It's it's, it's obviously behind the fact. You know, you want the best option available because obviously the national, we know how Mike Rizzo likes to formulate this, this, um, roster. He, he's still in win now mode, you know, just because you won the world series doesn't mean you could take a break for a year or two. They there's, you know, they're trying to be the first team to go back to back since the Yankees in 99, 2000. Yeah. Um, they're trying to put the best foot forward. So, obviously, Josh Donaldson's high on their list. If they miss out on him, Chris Bryant will be high on their list. Kyle Seager probably right behind him. They're the top three options out there. Only caveat with Bryant and Seager, you have to give something up to get them. Now, you have to give something up to get Donaldson, too. He come, They he would decline a qualifying offer, but that's just a, a draft pick that's a price worth paying for the best third baseman on the market currently after Anthony Rendon already signed.
0: Yeah, exactly. But the other thing to like about Seager is if you do trade for him, he's at this point a year younger than Josh Donaldson. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned he's on the hook through 2021 with an option for 2022 reports have said for the most part that Josh Donaldson is looking for a four year deal. He's 33 years old. Yeah. Um, Regardless of how good he was in 2019 and how good he's going to be in 2020, he's not going to be that good in 2023 or four. Yeah, you know, so that is at some point that contract's probably going to look pretty bad on the back end when he's 37 years old. So, do you want to take on that? And and if you trade for a guy like Seager, you're only committing to him for three years. That might make a slight difference there.
1: Yeah, and his deal is 100. Like uh, everyone's reporting that. Uh, Donaldson is looking for that four year hundred around a hundred million. Yeah, Seager is already on the back end of a seven year hundred million dollar deal. So you're paying for the last three years, maybe f- no last yeah two years, maybe three years um, of uh, the back end of a hundred million dollars. So way cheaper than what you'll be paying over the same amount of time, basically for Josh Donaldson, and you know again getting maybe a step down production, but still good enough. Yeah. Um. And the other thing about Seager too is. You mentioned that he's a year younger. That's, that could be your, quote-unquote, cheaper placeholder for Carter Keebum or whoever comes up in the ranks to be your full-time, long-term replacement at third base. You, you have a cheap—and you, maybe you don't even use that option. You have the next two years, and then you decide, all right, we have someone waiting. I'm not saying it's Keebam. Luis Garcia. Maybe Luis Garcia. Isn't he more of a shortstop? He is, but, I mean, you can move a can shortstop move around the yeah. third base, I think. So maybe you have two years, cheap option, decline that third the option for the third year, and then you have someone ready, and then you're paying you know, a fraction of the price you would be paying for Josh Donaldson for the same amount of time.
0: Exactly. Um, and in terms of Chris Bryant, I mean, if if you're the Cubs, you've got a, a huge, you've got a, a three-time All-Star, an MVP sitting here who's still only 27, you're going to ask for top dollar. Oh, yeah. Um, and and rightfully so. I mean, this guy is going, if they try, which is why I don't think they're going to deal him this offseason, just because he's going to command a, a massive, massive return. And if you're the Nationals, I mean, a year ago, maybe the Victor Robles conversation would be slightly different, but you've already seen what Victor Robles can do. And it's a ador- it's play great center field yeah. and be pretty productive at the plate. I mean, if you look at it, just based on their stats and and WAR is not the end all be all but Chris Bryant had 3.6 baseball WAR baseball reference WAR last year Victor Robles had 4.1 yeah. so Robles was a more valuable player than Bryant was and he's what 22 years old about to be 23 yeah so that is bad value on its face and and considering the fact that Bryant is going to be a free agent in a few years depending on how his arbitration or how his um his case turns out in terms of his grievance but you know, Victor Robles is still young, still on, still contro- under team control for several more years before he even hits arbitration, so Robles is a much more valuable piece at, at, at this point. Uh, he obviously probably does not have the star upside that Chris Bryant still does, but he still is an excellent gold-glove caliber center fielder and was very productive in his age 22 season at the plate. That's That's an incredibly valuable player, so... If I'm Mike Rizzo, and I don't think he would ever do that deal, is trade a Victor Robles for a Chris Bryan. I, don't, yeah. I just don't think that makes much sense.
1: No, I don't think so either. I totally agree with everything you just said. And, and like I said earlier, and I saw uh, Sports.com's Byron Kerr also mentioned the same thing on Twitter. It's like every team that's going to inquire with a trade, Victor Robles' name is going to come up. Carter Keeboom's name is going to come up. It, that's just the way it's going to be because yeah. those are their top – two guys that are tradable. You know, they're not going to part ways with one. So no team will ever ask for one. So they know it's a no. Um, and other than that, Trey Turner is a no. They're yeah. not going to trade Trey trade Turner. Who other, you know. Th- they don't have. They yeah. don't really have any other people who are tradable. You know, Corbin's locked in. No yeah. one's going to trade for Steven Strasburg at this point. Or Max Scherzer at this point. Yeah. So those are the only two really guys that the Nationals have that are worth of a trade. And I agree. Yeah, A starting center fielder for Yes, a former MVP, former Rookie of the Year, a World Series champion, and Chris Chris Bryant, but the, the defensive level—I mean, defense alone—I think is enough because it's hard to find Victor Robles' athleticism and speed yeah. that you have in center field, and then also on the base pads. And, and we know how much David Martinez loves putting Robles at the bottom of the lineup, being able to flip over the lineup, basically have two leadoff hitters, a guy who can get on base, and he has sneaky pop as well. I think Chris Bryant's. Um, value comes in his ability to play other positions. We saw Joe Madden use him all over the diamond for the couple of years that he was really productive in Chicago. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see Mike Rizzo going that deep for a Chris Bryant. I, there have been reports that obviously they like him. Who doesn't like Chris Bryant? He's a, he's a really good baseball player. But that doesn't mean you have to give yeah. up a very good baseball player that you have just to get just to fill one hole.
0: And a year ago, this might be a different conversation because it it or two years ago especially would be because it's borrowing from the future to help the present Mm -hmm. this is borrowing from the present to help the present right you know he already Robles already is a fixture on this team right already contributing at an everyday major league level if he were still a prospect it would say all right well he the reason we're doing this deal is because we need to win right now we're not worried about the future Victor Robles is the present he's the present and he is the future so it doesn't make much sense um, for them to do that deal that being said if Bryant can somehow be had for anything less than that, there aren't too many untouchables in the minor league system, I think, for the Nationals currently, uh, that Mike Rizzo would say, absolutely not, we're not dealing him for a Chris Bryant. We mentioned Luis Garcia is still an option out there, but I wouldn't say he's untouchable. We've seen the Nationals deal uh, outstanding top prospects in the past before, um, you know, i.e. to the Chicago White Sox. So, you know, I, I think that... If if somehow Chris Bryant could be had for anything less than
1: Victor Robles, I think Mike Rizzo would think long and hard about doing a deal there. Yeah, and I, you know what? This might shock some people. I, I think Victor Robles 100% is untouchable. We just established that. I don't think in this scenario that Carter Kibum is untouchable. If for a Chris Bryant, because Carter Kibum, again, not an established major leaguer yet. We saw him, yeah, he had a hot start when his first appearance uh, with the Nationals this past season, but then really tailed off, showed that he's not ready. Had a solid season at AAA Fresno, hit 303. Um, Really good baseball player, but he plays a position, his main position is shortstop, which the Nationals have covered. They moved him over to second, they've tried him at third. Um, you know, he, the only reason he popped up this season was because Trey Turner got hurt and he was out of necessity. Uh, So I don't think Carter Keeboom is completely untouchable in this instance with, with Chris Bryant. If you are able, because that right there, back to your argument about trading present for present, this would be trading future for present. And again, like you mentioned, Chris Bryant is still arbitration eligible for the next couple of years. He's not a free agent until 2022. So that is, you know, it's not a one year off type thing. That's, you're getting a handful of years for Chris Bryant for, you know, question mark for Carter Kiebel. The jury's still out on him. Right. We don't know what he's going to be. Exactly. We know what Victor Robus is going to be, I feel like at this point. So I, I don't think Car- if it came down to it, you know, if Josh Donaldson re-signs with the Braves, again, that might put even more pressure on Mike Rizzo because signing within the division. Now, if he signs with the Twins, that might make uh, Mike Rizzo a little let more hesitant to go make a big splash at third base because that means, well, maybe not because that means the Braves are also looking for another third baseman. But my point is if he resigns in the division, that's all right. Braves are still the favorite. We need to contend with that. We still have X amount of years with this core of, especially in the pitching staff, Scherzer, Strasburg, Trey Turner still around. Uh, Juan Soto and, and Victor Robles are young. We've brought back our catching to him. Uh, we have Harry Kendrick back for another year. Probably Ryan Zirn back for another year. We need to make a big splash so that we 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 remain competitive for the next handful of years. Not sure where Carter is going to boot. Let's go get Chris Bryant and and start the starting point being Cardew. Now, obviously, the Cubs can say no. We need to establish major leaguer for Chris Bryant, right? But I mean, they just kind of overhauled their their their, their team. We don't really know what their future looks like for this past, this upcoming season. Are they going to be contending or are they trying to doing like a mini rebuild like we saw the Yankees do a couple years ago? Who's to say, but my point is, is that I don't think Carter Keeboom is quite untouchable if it came to Chris Bryant.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. The only problem with dealing him is then that kind of opens up a future hole at second base, which they they currently do have a hole at second base. There's Luis Garcia. Yeah, there is Luis Garcia. If if they're confident enough that he can fill that hole, um, you know, it's... it's, um, would you borrow from, you know, a position uh, at second base to fill up a hole at third base? There's another name too, that's being floated around there, Uh, especially recently, Nolan Arenado uh, on the trade uh, block, kind of a similar slight case to uh, Chris Bryant in that he's superstar talent, excellent defensive third baseman, as we know, one of the best offensive players in baseball, despite the fact that he plays in Colorado. I still think he's an
1: excellent (laughs)
0: player all around. I agree. I agree. That is
1: not a Coors field effect. No. No, He's a great player.
0: Slightly older, he's going to turn 29 this year, um, but still an excellent player. The only, I think the biggest difference here is that he is under contract for seven years, signed to 2025 on a massive deal. Remember, he kind of reset the market last year when he signed that extension with the Rockies, $260 million. So they would kind of essentially, if they were to trade for him, be taking on a similar contract than the one they kind of passed up with Anthony Rendon. Exactly. And you're giving something up in terms of if you would make a trade for him. So yep. that one seems to make slightly less sense, I think, yep. um, than a trade for Chris Bryant. But that being said, premier talent, and if you can go and get him for, if you're willing to pay him that much over that amount of time, and you're willing to get him um, for something less than a Victor Robles, then I, I think Mike Rizzo would certainly consider Arenado as well.
1: I, I would guess so, but I get, you made... The point there, right there, is sick to me. It's You're basically getting Anthony Rendon, and yeah. you just passed up on that. And right. then you're also giving up something for an quote unquote Anthony Rendon. So that exactly. would bother me to an extent. It's like, why? All right, if you're going to, if you're comfortable, hey, to me, it makes I, I don't see. It, it, a, it might rub fans the wrong way. It might. Yeah. It would rub me the wrong way. But it also, I don't see. It's an option, definitely an option. I'm, I'm not. Dismissing your point. I'm just saying it does not – and you you said it so yourself too. I I don't see that as a viable option. I I think Mike Rizzo and ownership are smart enough. Like That doesn't make sense because we just basically essentially passed up on this contract for around the same player. Uh, And and we could argue until the cows come home about who's better, Arenado or Rendon. But the point remains the same. They're both very good baseball players with similar price tags attached to them. You just passed up on one. Why would you then go back to the other – while also having to give something up for him. Right. And the, the only way I could see the Rockies... I mean, they would have to be... The Nats would have to be very desperate. Very, very... And I don't see that happening yeah. because they're already a solid team, but they would have to be very desperate to make a move for Arenado.
0: The only way I could see it really happening is if the Rockies eat a significant portion of, That's of the money. That's a good point, too. Which is... I don't think that why they want to trade him. I think they want to get rid of that money. So yeah. that's you know if 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 they do deal him, it's probably to get rid of his two hundred and sixty million dollar price tag, not to just eat the money yeah. and see him go.
1: It's always funny to see these th- the teams that we talk about trading, like the Mariners and other Rockies. Like what like what what are we doing here? Like what what are they like? Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to contend? Right, shedding money. The Cubs, even to an extent, like I, I, I don't even know. Are the I, I mean, the Cubs? Since winning the World Series, obviously they want to be competitive year in and year out. But you know, you fire your manager, you kind of rehaul what you're doing in the coaching staff, and and you're you're shopping one of your best players. At, like, what's happening here? Yeah. It's just kind of the way baseball goes. You have this group of teams that are competing. You have a group of teams that are openly tanking and then you have the middle part like they're kind of caught in limbo you don't know what they're yeah. doing are you going to keep your best players or are you trading them what's, what's happening well for
0: the cubs i think it makes slightly more sense because they have one of the worst farm systems in baseball theo epstein for all of his positives has not been a good drafter for them yeah has not been able to develop i mean they have not had a a starting a legitimate starting pitcher come from their own system in years yeah it feels like um so I, I get wanting to retool their farm system and using Chris Bryan as that, um, especially after they miss the playoffs with a team that really should have been good. The Rockies, it's like you, you take one step forward, one step back, or two steps back even. You know, yeah. you just signed Arenado to this extension. Um, what is the point of signing? You know, is, are you were you signing him just to trade him a year later? What what are you thinking in the, in terms of that? Because I, I I think Arenado's a guy that you you build a, a team around. You're right, and if you're willing, and they didn't do that. And if last year you were willing to, you know, to pay that amount of money a, a year ago, what changed in the year since that you're now all of a sudden not comfortable paying that amount of money for what right. you got? Um, he's absolutely worth two hundred and sixty million dollars. Yeah. Um, and I he, think we were saying at the time he signed it, like that's actually kind of cheap. Um, yeah, almost a bargain. Yeah. yeah. For for Nolan Arenado. So, uh, yeah, I, that's that's one I don't get. But it's going to be interesting, I think, now because we we've seen all of these names fly off the market. I mean, mm. there is almost nobody left in terms of free agents, especially pitchers. There's like next to nobody. So now it kind of becomes trade season. Yeah. Who are we going to see? Are we going to see a Chris Bryant? Um, are we going to see a Nolan Arenado on the move? Are we going to see, um, you know, anybody, any starting pitcher really? Are we going to see a, a Jay Hap, you know, on the move? Are we going to see um, any number of these dominoes fall? Because now teams say, well, there goes our free agent plan. So many teams struck out. Yeah. What do we do now? We have to, we're
1: kind of desperate. We have to upgrade our team. Let's make some trades. Yeah, yeah. And Donaldson, again, is the last prob- probable big domino to fall. One of those last big free agents left remaining on the open market. And I think when, once he signs, that will really open the floodgates for trading season. Because yeah. then that's really only options. Again, you're looking at guys with wars basically around one, under two, for the guys remaining third basemen or infielders. Uh, really, there aren't really any shortstop High level shortstop uh, free agents out there. So, anyone who's searching for infielders is probably going to have to find them via trade. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think Josh Donaldson. And, and I mean, <laughs> we've complained in the past about how slow offseasons are. And this offseason has been fantastic from that perspective of free agent signing. Winter meetings was great. Yeah. Uh, you saw Strasburg, Cole, Rendon all fly off the shelf early on. But, you know, just like any offseason, just like any market in any business, there's going to be a lull. The holidays are that low for baseball because people take time off entering the new year. you know, Honestly, I, good thing we didn't have to. Oh, my <laughs> God. Did you also wake up on Christmas morning and be like, yes, it's Christmas. Please don't do anything. Don't Please do anything. Don't, don't do anything yeah. until just at least December 2nd. Or no, January 2nd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we get into, started easing into 2020. Josh Donaldson gets his final offers and makes a decision. Um, and then you you also get those reports of like teams like, just kind of floating out there that they're going to, ra- they're, they would rather trade for someone than sign you because you're taking too long, trying to, you know, yeah. them on to make a decision because they need to know and then enact their plan Bs, right. plan Cs.
0: Well, and, and. pitchers report
1: a report again under 40
0: days. Yeah. And we mentioned that, uh, you know, they, the Nats still have a hole at second base. So, yeah. you know, are they, you know, they're probably looking to, they still have some holes in the bullpen. Are they. You know, waiting on a Josh Donaldson decision before they make a call to Daniel Hudson, before right. they make a call to Brian Dozier to see if they want to bring these guys back. So they they uh, it it's clear that the Nats are very much in on Josh Donaldson, that they very much need him, and that they make he they make the most sense for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So th- that's the question, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Rizzo was apparently watching 90 Day Fiance over uh, Christmas, so that's kind of you know he was uh, taking a little bit of a break
1: as well, yeah, and and, and rightfully so. Uh, he deserved. Yeah, when you win a World Series, you you sign your one of your top pitchers at, for basically a lifetime contract. Take a little break, but now it's yeah. time to get back on the horse and, yeah. and go get a third baseman or second baseman. All right, well, we'll continue to follow along all this offseason hot news and as it tries to reheat itself at the turn of the calendar and the start of the Reheating New Year. the leftovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, and you leftovers in the, McConnell I do House? actually, I brought some today. I got some, uh, good
0: veal salt and boca from, uh, oh, yeah, pronunciation too. little, uh, oh. little Italian place on New nice. Year's. Very, Very nice. nice. Um,
1: well, we'll be smelling that later. Anybody right. who goes into the kitchen. So can't wait. It's better than fish. Yeah, true. Or seven. Um, so thanks for following along well, again on uh, mass and all access podcast. Hopefully you, tuned in live on uh, Facebook or uh, Twitter, on the Mass Nationals' Facebook and Twitter accounts. You can also follow after the program on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. You can also tweet at us, at Bobby underscore Blanco for myself, at Paul Mancano for Paul. Let us know your thoughts on the Nationals' pursuit of Josh Donaldson and what their backup plan should be should they miss out. For Paul Mancano, I'm Bobby Blanco. Thanks for tuning into to the Mass on All Access podcast, of course presented by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. We'll talk to you later, everybody.